0: Kyle Eastham's unique journey has taken him from a career in wildlife management to human resources to starting multiple companies to now being one of the most beloved entrepreneurship professors at Oklahoma State University. In this edition of the Buzz on Business podcast, Kyle discusses with Rachel Brown how his journey has taught him that where you wind up in life might not look exactly like what you thought it would but the experiences and opportunities you have along the way can still lead you to a great place
1: hello i am again thrilled with our podcast guest today kyle easton he's one of our top professors gets glowing reviews every single year from students and can't wait to dig into getting to know him better letting our audience get to know him better but first i want to kick it off to you kyle give us kind of an overview of your career, how you've ended up, where you are now.
0: Sure. Hi, Rachel. Good to see you again. Um, Overview of the career. Uh, I was a student at OSU back in the 80s, wildlife ecology major. Now it's NREM. And then I went to work at the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife for 22 years, game warden, HR manager, training manager, and then left there. Uh, Along the way, I got another master's degree, or got a master's degree, and left there because I had an interest uh, as a training guy to try to do that on my own as a, to start a speaking and training company, so I did that, and wound up back in Stillwater. My wife and I had both been students here. She got a job here, so we moved to Stillwater from the Oklahoma City area, and I thought, well, if I'm going to run this speaking business, I should take an entrepreneurship class, would probably help me do that better. So I took one class, which was then the intro class. I thought, wow, that was pretty cool, I like that. So I thought, well, I'll look into the master's program. And I enrolled in the master's in entrepreneurship. Uh, that took a year. And right after I finished that, uh, I was a non-traditional student, so I was in that class as a f- in my late 40s with all my 20-year-old <laughs> friends <laughs> and classmates. But after I finished that master's degree, they said, hey, would you be interested in teaching a class for us part-time? I said, absolutely. So I started teaching one class, part-time led to full-time. And so I've been teaching here at OSU now for several years.
1: I love how unconnected those things seem to be, going from wildlife to a speaking business to now teaching entrepreneurship. Can you break down more of those transitions, like how did one door open to the next?
0: Yeah, it's kind of odd. We, sometimes we never know. It was never a lifelong ambition to be an HR guy, but uh, at this state agency, uh, loved what I was doing. Great job, great people, and a promotion opportunity came up to go into our headquarters office as the training guy, then another promotion take more responsibilities on with HR. And uh, certainly loved the training aspect and uh, like personal development and those kinds of things. So I thought, I I think I would like to help teach other people these kinds of things. So that led to starting this training and speaking business. And uh, again, as luck would have it, my wife was working on a PhD. She was commuting from Oklahoma City area to Stillwater three or four days a week, which got old and so I was thinking, if I want to do this business full time, I may have to quit my job, and I was willing to do that, and I could do that business from anywhere. So we moved to Stillwater. Uh, she continued working uh, for Oklahoma State. Uh, I took a class, and I said the master's program. So it's while you may not know exactly where you're going to wind up, it, it's interesting. You, you get to one place, you have some opportunities, you take that one. Not sure where that's going to go. So like in entrepreneurship, we talking about we talk about pivoting. Um, and where you wind up may not look exactly like what you thought it would look like a year before or 10 years before, but I've wound up in a great place.
1: I find that personally very encouraging <laughs> as a 22-year-old person trying to figure out what my life might look like after graduating. But it is just you can trust this process and you know one thing is going to lead to the next. And I love that you kind of bring that into your teaching in the classroom. And so across all these different things, did you ever have a sort of aha moment of like this is it? This is what Kyle Easton is great at doing and you found your niche.
0: I don't know if there was one aha moment, but there was um, a period several years ago where looking back at some of the different jobs I'd had, I thought, wow, it's interesting. In lots of the things I've done, I've been a teacher. When I was younger, I thought of a teacher as your third grade teacher. Like, well, I don't want to be a teacher. Uh, yet, when I look back as a wildlife department employee, I was, as a game ward, did a lot of public education for kids as well as adults. Uh, as a training manager, obviously, I was doing lots of training, corporate training, and teaching people. I was studying martial arts at the time. In fact, I was teaching martial arts classes, so I was teaching there. Uh, in the job or the uh, speaking business I started, I'm still trying to teach people in the public. And uh, I've taught uh, Sunday school at church. And so just everything I've done, it seems like, comes back to teaching. So I guess I'm a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. I would, I would think you're a pretty good one somehow in a four-year undergraduate degree of studying entrepreneurship I never ended up in one of your classes which
0: how did you dodge that
1: I don't know it is the greatest misstep in my undergraduate career <laughs> no, I no, have to say a, that's my loss but I have gotten to sit in with some of your classes through working through the Riata Center and you are an excellent teacher and I think any student who's had you would say the same thing but we have to admit the subject you teach is interesting entrepreneurship how do you teach entrepreneurship some would probably say it can't be done but how how do you bring that into a classroom
0: well we have great resources uh, obviously you look at the the books the videos the podcasts and um, we have a great complement of instructors here some that are fantastic researchers uh, and they're way smarter than I am and know all the academic research and literature I am not up on that, quite (laughs) frankly. We have another group of professors who are practitioners, and I'm one of those, who've kind of been there, done that, and we need both. We need the academic side as well as the practical side, so I think that gives our students a great mix. I come, as I said, from a training background, and so I try to incorporate some of those techniques and tactics from a training uh, environment into the classroom to, to add energy, to be more engaging, uh, and it seems to work fairly well.
1: Are the rumors true that you just jam out to music at the beginning of your classes? Oh yeah,
0: again, that comes from training. Before everybody gets in, gets settled, I turn up some music and it varies from day to day, what genre of music, uh, the louder the better. Again, just to get the energy up in the room. And students, especially the first day, students walk in and go, oh wow, this might be kind of cool. This is different.
1: <laughs> I love that, that's incredible. And we. You touched on it. We do have such an incredibly diverse group of people in this entrepreneurship school and through the Riata Center that hit so many different aspects and u- unique points of entrepreneurship. But one of my favorite, other favorite professors, David Thomason, has this great phrase that he has a Ph.D. in hard knocks. Oh yeah, and I think you also very much fit that bill.
0: Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's I've certainly have some life experience, a business experience. Um, uh, have been an entrepreneur with some successes, some failures. So that certainly brings some stories, hopefully a little credibility, uh, and a perspective uh, that I think is very helpful.
1: Definitely. I know as a student, I've always really appreciated that from professors, the ones that have some real life experience with what they're talking to. It makes it so much more relatable and feels so much more applicable to what I might encounter later in life. But share with us some of your favorite in-classroom teaching moments.
0: Uh, One that comes to mind, maybe because we just recently did this, uh, this semester, is toward the the beginning of the semester, I will ask for volunteers to come to the front of a room to participate in a contest, and I don't tell them what it is, interesting to see volunteers, and I told them that it will involve some balance and athleticism, so I'm waiting to see who the, you know, big tough guys are, (laughs) I'm, I'm an athlete, I'll come down there. Uh, But it's very often the gymnast or the cheerleader girl who wins the contest because it's a handstand contest. (laughs) So we have fibers and I play with them. So I get loose and clear things out of the way and say, okay, whoever can do a handstand the longest wins. And then we're going to talk about taking risks and failure. What's the upside? What's the downside? What do you have invested? What are your competitors, the other people doing handstands? What are they doing? And so I think it helps make a point rather than just standing up at the front of the room going, wow, 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 wow. And it's fun, right? We all like to have fun.
1: That's really wonderful. Now, I've heard a story from other students about a particular class with Alex Evers.
0: Oh, yeah. We uh, had Alex come into the intro to entrepreneurship class several years ago. Alex is a friend of mine, fellow martial artist. In fact, he's a a very prominent uh, and successful entrepreneur here in Stillwater, has the karate school downtown, doing a great job, especially with kids programs. And Alex and I have worked out a little bit together. I said, Alex, you should come be a guest speaker in my class about entrepreneurship. He's a young guy, can relate to these students. I said, but wait, wait, what if we did this? What if you did a judo throw on me in class? (laughs) And so we set that up and I, I told him, okay, when you come in, be two or three minutes late to class and I'll make a big deal about it. We agreed on 2.30. Why didn't you come here on time? It's embarrassing. And so we did all that. And then as I reach out to kind of give him a push on his shoulder, he turns and throws me up over his shoulder and I just land on the ground. And of course, I've taken that fall 10,000 times in (laughs) judo class. But you can imagine the audible gasp when when i hit the ground and students (gasps) no doubt like oh my gosh what is this guy doing Um, (laughs) and so it's a nice hook to get people engaged but uh, yeah just another example of experiential again from that training background we've got got to keep people engaged
1: i don't know of a single other professor that would have that approach (laughs) to (laughs) teaching you've really sacrificed a lot for your students.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all in the interest of fun and um, to again it's entrepreneurship sometimes we do things a little differently (laughs) than the norm so.
1: I love that and we've gotten to speak so much on what it's like teaching entrepreneurship inside the classroom but you do so much outside of the classroom too with our students. I would love to hear about your favorite outside of the classroom experiences with entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, it's fun to be able to work with students. Uh, Of course, a number of them, you can imagine in entrepreneurship uh, and outside that discipline come in. Hey, I I got an idea for a business. Can I run it by you? Absolutely, that's why we're here. And so anything from informal, I was gonna say ideas on a napkin, some haven't even made it to the napkin yet. Um, And it's a balance for me to, I wanna be encouraging but I also want to be realistic and go, okay, this is going to be hard work. It's an interesting idea. I think it can work. If you're willing to work, are you willing to do this for the next five years and not take vacations, um, sacrifice other things? Because it's not going to happen overnight. And uh, some come back the next week or the next month and go, okay, here's what I did, what now? Some I don't see again, that's okay, that happens. We've had some, I had the opportunity to work with a couple of students that recently graduated on a business and they entered the statewide business plan competition and won that as wow. undergraduates, $20,000 to them, for them and their business. The business was bubble calm and they've gone on, I think, to do some other things now, but um, we've had several students, both graduate and undergraduate, win that statewide business plan competition. Uh, we have our own on campus that's, that's spent several thousand dollars. To different students so it's uh, I love seeing the ideas and it's the students doing the work and faculty kind of asking questions or directing or guiding what about this um, but you guys put in a ton of time and make it happen
1: I, I know I've definitely come up to you a f- to you a few times at the genius bar asking for your input on various things I, know. My business. I remember talking
0: about your business I love it
1: and I, I appreciate the approach though of such honesty. It's not just being a pandering yes man. It's it's giving the honest truth about both sides and giving real validation. And I think that's so much more valuable than just saying, great job, honey. Good idea. Like go forth and conquer. Yeah.
0: If you want that, go to your mama. She'll tell you, oh, you're the smartest, best, prettiest. Of course it'll work, honey. And that's not realistic, but yeah. that's what mamas do. Thanks, mom. <laughs>
1: but I also appreciate the honest feedback of people like you with experience. and. I know that has been so valuable to myself and other students that you've gotten to work with. And this may come as news to some, but this is going to be your last semester teaching before retirement. Last
0: semester, I'm on the way out. Tell (laughs) us
1: what are your grandiose plans for after retirement?
0: Oh, I don't know how grandiose they are. Um, I'm playing around with an idea for developing an online course, not higher education, but just for the general public. That may be on creativity, I've enjoyed really teaching the imagination class, one of my favorites. I uh, would certainly like to travel some, my wife and I love to travel, so we'll do some of that. Uh, other than that, it may be uh, playing with the dogs and playing a little banjo.
1: That's incredible. Now, your dog, Caldwell, is part of Pete's Pet Posse, correct?
0: He is Caldwell, a Great Dane, and part of Pete's Pet Posse. So. Once in a while, you'll see him here on campus, and we certainly plan to be back around on campus after I retire.
1: Thank goodness. I mean, I will miss you too, but Caldwell has become <laughs> but it's a bad, Don't tell
0: me Caldwell's leaving. That would be just... <laughs> right.
1: Well, I've loved getting to talk about this wide array of things with you, and as we kind of start to wind down the podcast, we have a fun little thing called the lightning round. Now, these are questions you and I haven't talked about before. They're going to come at you fresh and you just have to give me your quick response so are you ready sure first question is what was your very first job
0: very first job was um, sacking groceries at a grocery store
1: what's been your favorite international trip switzerland and you've done some study abroad trips did a study
0: abroad trip to new zealand was amazing if you get a chance to do study abroad you have to go
1: sounds like a dream what's your favorite restaurant in stillwater chipotle Nice. What's the best dish you can cook?
0: Ooh, um, burger and fries.
1: Classic. I love it. What's your funniest memory with Caldwell?
0: Uh, It's probably when my wife and I had him on campus and we, uh, he loves fortune cookies. It's his favorite (laughs) snack. So we had some custom fortune cookies made um, and with fortunes that said something like steady, steady, school's your buddy. Uh, And we handed them out to students, and they got to get a fortune cookie from Caldwell.
1: That is perfect. I love it. That's a very unique favorite snack for a dog. That's brilliant. What is your ideal Valentine's date with your wife?
0: Which also happens to be her birthday, so I got to get that right. Ooh. Uh, Ideal date would be um, nice dinner and then go home and cuddle up on the couch and watch a good movie.
1: That's perfect. I love it. And then our last one, I hope you get this correct, who is your favorite Riata student employee?
0: Favorite, oh my gosh, there have been so many. Um, (laughs) But there's this redheaded girl named Rachel who's, uh, she's just amazing.
1: Well, she sounds great. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you got that question right. (laughs) Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure both knowing you over the years as a professor, you will be missed terribly when you're not with us as much, but I wish you absolutely all the best in the world in retirement and enjoying that. And thank you for joining me today. Yeah,
0: thanks very much. My pleasure.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Buzz on Business. Be sure to follow us at OSU Entrepreneurship on Facebook and Instagram and at Riata Center on Twitter.